Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Dan Zinning. Dan had some of the biggest changes of anyone I've talked to now for the second time. So we're going to talk about some exciting news in his world and in his life. But first of all, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. Likewise, Tom, it's uh, really fantastic to be back and looking forward to the conversation. So as I alluded to, uh, you have had some exciting news and big changes since we last visited. Can you start off by telling us about the acquisition of Galvanize by Diligent and then your new role at Galvanize? Indeed, I can. Thanks, Tom. I am the CEO now, previously the Chief Product Officer of Galvanize, a cloud-based governance, risk, and compliance software company. While we've been for some time a, a analyst-recognized leader in the space, we were recently acquired by Diligent, who is the global leader in board governance software. And so upon the acquisition, we got the opportunity to do some really exciting things, bringing GRC and the, and the boardroom together, and really blessed to have been asked to uh, take charge of Galvanize and leading it as a CEO going forward. So how does this acquisition position Galvanize to really build upon what you guys had created and to be the true sector leader in GRC, both in North America and literally across the world? Yeah, it's, you know, for some time, we felt that there's a bit of a disconnect between board level governance and the operational governance that gets implemented across businesses and governments. And quite frankly, uh, certainly Galvanize was not a company that was up for sale or, or anything like that. But we, we definitely had been thinking a lot about this challenge. And as we explored opportunities for how we could get our software in front of boards and CEOs and those types of folks who could who'd really be in a position of power to drive a vision for integrating risk, compliance, assurance, security, all those different types of functions for a combined governance program. We really struggled to think about, well, where could we emerge insight and information in a place they already live? And a place those folks already live is in their board portal software where board governance, board decks, that sort of thing are shared. And so as we explored that opportunity, it just became really clear to us that there was a, a huge synergy there and a big opportunity for emerging all the kinds of things that you, you see in a governance risk and compliance platform, but bringing that level of insight to the board. And as we talked that out with Diligent, we just thought there was no better opportunity than bringing the two companies together. Let me flip that, Dan, and ask, what does Galvanize bring to Diligent? That's a really good question. And so Diligent has been the leader in board governance software for a long time. We serve over 20,000 organizations around the world, helping them share information with their boards. And that's across some 700,000 plus directors and, and CEOs, some of the most powerful business leaders in the world. And, and the feedback that Diligent got from their customers consistently was, we love the job that you do of sharing the board materials and that sort of thing, but how can we connect board governance to the business better? How can we make the information and the insight that the board receives more real time? And also, how can we make sure that 
the governance mandates of the board actually get pushed down and operationalized in the business. That's really what Galvanize brought to Diligent was an operational platform and, and approach to being able to do that, to surface that real-time information and also take the board's guidance back down into actual policies and controls and things like that in the business. And we've talked about sort of a product focus and perhaps a business focus, but one of the reasons I wanted to interview you the first time was because you had publicly stated that you and Galvanize's purpose was to challenge the planet's organization to maximize total stakeholder impact by operating with a conscience. And you answered that question when we had our first podcast together on compliance and coronavirus. But I now wanted to ask you that again with the, the follow-up question of how does this acquisition allow you to both continue this mission and actually expand upon? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that that whole idea, as we described it, of, of operating with a conscience, when you think about how focused boards are becoming or how much pressure there is on boards to think about stakeholder capitalism, ESG, the broader purpose of corporations to their broader stakeholders, I think boards themselves are looking for a way to bring that sort of conscience into the operating motions of the business. And so really, I look at this acquisition as a way of saying, hey, you know, the world's most powerful business leaders are looking for a way to bring that reporting on total stakeholder impact, ESG, et cetera, a way to bring that into the operations of the business. And for us, taking, and, and for me personally, getting this opportunity to share what we can do with technology with those 700,000 plus of the world's most powerful business leaders is just a real, in my mind, a real acceleration toward that vision because we can really put information in front of people who can encourage and even and mandate that sort of change towards conscious operations. Change the focus just a little bit and ask, what do you see as the evolving role of the GRC professional post-pandemic? Has it broadened? Is it perhaps even more important than it was uh, when we visited last time? Where do you really see us now? Yeah, that's a great question. And we, we've even done our own kind of surveys on the topic. And a solid six out of 10 GRC professionals say both of those things, that GRC and risk management has become more valued and more impactful inside of their organization since the pandemic. The same six out of 10 say their, their scope and mandate and, and demand for their services has increased since the pandemic. So I think in a lot of ways, our role was always there. The pandemic accelerated how it's valued and how it's considered to be strategic. So I look at it as, you know what, as GRC professionals, we've, we had the ability to work through one of the most pervasive risk issues to come along in, in decades. And it demonstrated the value of risk management, the value of strong governance. And now I think our role is to think about how can we demonstrate that same level of value in all of the other areas of risk that were already on the radar and those that maybe many GRC professionals weren't even in, involved in yet. I think we're just going to be far more cross-functional in nature, less geographically dependent, and a far bigger opportunity for impact as, as GRC professionals. And as both the United States and Canada begin to reopen, 
the risks have changed even from six months ago when we visited on the first podcast. What do GRC professionals see now as some of the greatest risks? Yeah, it's interesting because I think from the last time we we spoke, Tom, there's a real sense that organizations kind of have their feet underneath them in terms of in terms of reopening and safety protocols and a lot of those things that we talked about last time around. In this same survey I mentioned about 70% of respondents said they feel very confident in the reopening and that sort of thing. But then when we asked what are the top risks their organizations focus on for the next 12 months, a lot of familiar themes reemerged and right at the top of those were IT security, privacy and compliance, cybersecurity, and, and right behind cybersecurity was fraud and corruption. And so I think those have always been broad themes, but the way the world changed in the pandemic just increased the visibility and the attack vectors and the, the kind of the surface area for issues regarding cybersecurity, regarding fraud and corruption. And so I think those have come back to the forefront as the top risks though how they manifest in a post-pandemic world are different now. So several of those risks I think are, that you named are really on the forefront even today or perhaps over the past week with the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack. Indeed. And yesterday we had in the United States a $28 million whistleblower award for a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act corruption case. So yep. those risks not only continue, but continue to grow. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think mentioning the Colonial Pipeline and ransomware attack, it's a great example how as we've all gone remote and we've we've switched systems, we've created new and different kinds of opportunities for social engineering. It's amazing in many respects how every business has become a remotely operated business, but the increase in opportunity for cyber threats in, in doing that, I think we may not we still not may see the full scope of risk that's introduced to organizations. And one of the risks that I think people are more cognizant of, reputational risk. Why do you feel that reputational risk in, in many ways could actually be more costly than a fine and penalty or even an investigation based upon a government inquiry? And then if I could follow up, how could a GRC platform help to detect such noncompliant conduct not really simply detect, but actually move to a prevent mode. Yeah, the reputational side of risk has been historically something that has been harder to quantify, where hard fines and data losses and things like that have been easier to assign value to. But you look at some of the bigger reputational issues, Volkswagen a few years ago comes to mind, the time it can take for reputational damage to be undone is significant and thus tend to have far longer and broader reaching impact than just the core fines and up to and including things like we've seen a number of organizations that have dealt with that have dealt with issues of reputational damage as it related to diversity and inclusion something that's hard to quantify what the losses are but a significant loss of talent or employees and having to go rebuild that reputation and re-recruit, those are real costs and they are often often much bigger. And so to your question about how can a, a GRC platform help with those and help move towards prevention rather than detection, I think there's two key things there. One, 
the very nature of building strong governance programs in and of itself creates prevention. So an example I always use is, let's say we put in place some really tight monitoring of our, our travel and entertainment expense policies. We've all been doing less traveling and entertaining during the pandemic, of course, but just thinking about expense policy, if I put in some really tight monitoring, out the gate, I may see a whole bunch of violations that we have to chase down and resolve, and that's fine. But we inevitably see the number of violations, thanks to strong governance, go down over time as people just know that's not how we operate. So what, what was initially introduced as a detection mechanism as the program is implemented and it shifts culture becomes a prevention mechanism. Aside from that, there's also advancements in technology that are really helping move from instead of detect the event to predict it in the first place. And so in particular, things like data analytics that use machine learning models, we're seeing a lot of real tangible, on-the-ground working examples of where machine learning can be used to say, based on data and events we've seen in the past, we are highly likely to see, you used bribery earlier, an FCPA fine. That's a good example. Based on information we have from the past, we can predict that we're most likely to have corruption or bribery-related issues in these four countries. And that way, we can work proactively on avoiding that happening rather than just picking up the red flags after they've happened and trying to resolve them and, and undo the policy violations. And one phrase we have not yet touched on is ESG. And if there's perhaps one phrase in the corporate world that we've heard as much as any in 2021, it's been that ESG. I've really been intrigued to ask you, what's the role of the GRC professional in ESG compliance and reporting as it becomes more important to the regulators? Yeah. You know, Tom, in some ways, when I think of, and literally they share the G, right, the governance, I think of ESG and, and GRC really as, in the grandest sense, they're kind of very much the same thing. We have strategic objectives and commitments an organization makes, and how do we put in place good governance processes and controls and risk mitigation to reach those? I think historically, GRC is a, an acronym that was aimed at risk areas like security, like financial risk, things like that. ESG, to me, in many respects, is principally the same thing, building good governance, but aimed at some issues that are maybe bigger or more strategic to society and nature, whether that's climate change, whether that's social justice. I think GRC professionals have a huge role to play because we are the ones that understand how to think about things from a risk perspective, how to create governance programs, and how to implement controls and surface data from those controls that, that can demonstrate compliance. So my personal view of it is, is that GRC professionals not only have a role in ESG, but need to be the leaders in seeing ESG become something much more than an ideal, but something that's operationalized inside of organizations. I, I really do believe that that's our role as GRC professionals is to see that that's rolled out. And I'm seeing examples all, all the time. I just recently spoke with an internal audit department who's of a very large transportation organization who's made a commitment to be carbon neutral by 2040 in accordance with the, the Paris Climate Accords. An internal audit is actually getting involved 
and site by site and department by department actually doing audit work so that the audit committee and the board can get some assurance that in fact the organization is going to meet that goal of of carbon neutrality in the next two decades and I think that's a really good example of where ESG becomes something very real in the business thanks to the role or the work of GRC professionals. And I'd like to now turn to that veiled land of the future and ask, why do you say that the rest of the decade will literally be the, quote, roaring 20s, end quote, for GRC professionals? (laughs) It's a good question. First of all, because it is 2021 and the phrase fits nicely. But I think technology in the original Roaring Twenties, in the 1920s here in the United States, technology catalyzed a lot of change and a lot of a lot of different thinking about how organizations and businesses should be run. And industrialization led to a an enormous boom in the 20s. In the 2020s, I think it's the same sort of idea. It's going to be the Roaring Twenties of stakeholder capitalism, so to speak. And as as we embrace technology for the purpose of operationalizing and implementing good governance, successes not only financially, but on successes in improving our impact on the climate, improving diversity and social justice amongst our employees, our customers, our, our vendors, etc. All of those things are going to really accelerate in this decade, I believe, as we use technology to really operationalize them. Organizations became a lot more profitable in the last two decades as they implemented ERP systems to help them become more efficient. It's the same thing here. We're going to have a much a much bigger and broader and faster impact on the world because we have a, a more efficient and, and more impactful way to bring governance into organizations. And as we look into down the road into 2025 and perhaps even beyond, why is it so critical for the GRC professional and the GRC profession to adopt technology to move forward? I think in particular because we've demonstrated in many other areas the power of of using data. It makes insight so much more real-time. It makes decisions more risk-informed. It helps us react to bad events more quickly and prevent them going forward. And yet, we're not as advanced technologically in actually implementing this stuff in organizations as we are, for example, with implementing sales tools to drive sales pipeline. I mentioned that survey we did of GRC professionals earlier, and there were some unique findings there in the sense of 40% of GRC professionals said that it is difficult to find the data or get access to and make use of the data they need to do their jobs. Whereas if you ask folks in other other functions across the business, that number is only 20%. If you use that as a guideline, if we say, well, geez, it's almost twice as hard in areas of GRC to get access to and appropriately use data to make decisions, I think that's why we need to embrace technology more heavily is because continuing to try and manually evaluate governance programs or controls, trying to ask people questions or simply use forms and documents to capture people's input. We don't act that way in sales anymore. We use data. Well, for GRC, it's the same thing. We need to use data instead of relying on on subjective feedback. And I think that's what GRC technology can now enable 
we just as professionals need to be committed to saying, hey, either we're going to automate or be automated and use the technology to its advantage so that we can really unlock the full power of data and help these programs move along more efficiently. And why is cloud-based technology such a key in the GRC space going forward? That's a really good question. I think there's a number of reasons it's really important. One, it's faster and easier to deploy and is easier to consume for, for GRC professionals. That's a big part of it. But another part of it is, I personally believe a lot of the information that we need to be really great at our job as GRC professionals is actually outside of the organization. Whether it was information on case counts by region during the pandemic to help do pandemic risk management, or whether it's from regulatory updates coming from all over the world, or it's climate data to think about how we're different operations in different parts of the world might be impacted by climate disaster. With so much of the information we need living outside of the business as well, cloud-based technology is uniquely good at being able to kind of grab, ingest, and make sense of that data in the outside world and combine it with information and workflows and data from the systems and people inside the business. I think the accessibility of of cloud technology helps us to bring all of that together in one place where a risk professional can then correlate the different pieces there and make truly risk-informed decisions based on both the internal and external data. And unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted uh, any more information on any of the topics we've touched upon today, how could they find out? Yeah. First and foremost, our website is wegalvanize, wegalvanize.com. And at wegalvanize.com, you can find all of the the information on our our products, great blog posts on these same sorts of topics we're talking about and lots of other information. And you can certainly reach out to me directly. My I'm dan.zitting at wegalvanize.com and, and on LinkedIn and Dan Zitting on Twitter as well. Well, Dan, this has been a great update from both you and for Galvanize. I'm hoping we can continue this conversation going down the road. I'd love to do that, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.